Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good morning to you as we welcome you along to the eve of Christmas Eve uh, here at uh, C103. John Paul, he's off on his holidays already. So Bernie is sitting in for today and tomorrow, taking your calls at 1850-333-103. We look forward to your company. You can text or WhatsApp to 86 103103. We will be playing some of the Christmas carols that we always try and include on Christmas Eve if we can get and sneak a few of them in today we will have the CDs with me goodness I just it's so funny actually even using CDs the way technology the way radio has changed you don't use uh, CDs anymore but I have some of the Christmas carols as I say it's become a tradition now for a number of years and thank you to people who have already been suggesting the Christmas carols that they would like me to play as I say if I get a chance today I'll try and sneak in an odd one but certainly we will be doing that tomorrow on the uh, programme and as I say already texts coming into the programme, including one from Porrick in Glamworth who's saying, Patricia, you know how Australia can't seem to get their fires under control? Why can't Australia ask the rest of the world for help and send planes, army helicopters, anything that they think that could help to put out those fires? Uh, it is in all of our interest that those fires are quenched. That may it be that way. It would be a Christmas good deed done by the world, says uh, Porrick. I, I have seen some firefighters on know from America certainly have gone over to help and I'm assuming other countries have offered if they haven't already travelled because usually when something like that happens because you know whenever there's an earthquake or any major catastrophe you know linked to a weather event you will get people from all over the world so I'm, I'm sure that help has been offered and there is help already gone but it is a situation that certainly because of the weather and because of the heat wave that they have been experiencing is certainly getting out of control and I've it was actually this time last year I was in Australia for Christmas last year and there was a couple of stinking rotten awful days when it came to the heat where it went well into the 40s unbearable I mean you literally couldn't go outside the door and it, it slightly amused me you know, we only got on the three weeks that I was over there we only got two days where it was up in the mid 40s and like the weather wore 
warnings were, you know, don't go out, don't make, don't go out unless it's absolutely necessary. And I thought that was interesting. You know, the exact same way that we give weather warnings for very stormy conditions or very icy conditions, they are giving that type of weather warning to people when it goes really high like this into the 40s. But what's making the situation worse this year is they're getting back to back days with temperatures over and above 40 degrees. Whereas when I was over there, you got one day at 43, 44 degrees. And then the next day it went down to, you know, a balmy 26 degrees. Huge difference in the drop in the thermometer. But they're not getting a let up and therefore it's very difficult for the firefighters because they're just getting something under control and another fire uh, will break out. So it is quite a serious situation over there and, and our thoughts are with the people of Australia. And of course we have so many Irish people living in Australia. So many people listening to this programme will have family members living over there who have you know, set down roots and are leading very happy and fulfilled lives. And actually at the weekend, my thoughts were with the family of that young nurse from Arda in County Donegal, a young girl by the name, a young woman by the name of Mary Ellen Malloy. And she sadly was killed in a freak accident in Melbourne when a tree fell on the taxi that she was travelling in. Mary Ellen, uh, working over in Melbourne as a nurse, along with two of her friends, also from Ireland, also uh, nurses, were all in the car at the time. She was killed instantly. Another of the friend has spinal injuries. And then her third, the her second friend escaped unharmed. It was just obviously the way the tree fell on this uh, taxi. And that seemed to be as a direct result of this heat wave that they're having. It seemed that the root system had dried out and that made the tree unstable. And then Melbourne can be quite a windy city at times. Winds, you know, it can be can get very windy. And literally the wind blew the tree over and just a freak accident. It happened to land on the taxi that this young nurse was travelling in. It's just so, so sad. And she was very much steeped in her Irishness and Irish tradition in Melbourne because one of the first things she did when she moved out there about 18 months ago was she joined the local Melbourne GAA club which is at St Kevin's it's called they straight away set up a GoFundMe page to raise money to get Mary Ellen's body repatriated but also for her two friends the girl with the spinal injuries and, and the, the other friend who was in the car I mean I imagine she's not going to be able to work for quite some time how shocking to have been in the car with somebody who's been left with spinal surgery you assume she's going to have life altering results catastrophic results as a result of the injuries, catastrophic injuries as a result of that accident and to lose a friend at the same time very uh, difficult for her. So they set up a a GoFundMe page and literally over the weekend, I'd say within 48 hours 94,000 euro has been raised. It it really is incredible. And Mary Ellen comes from a well-known GAA family here in Donegal. Her uncle many may know her uncle, he was the All-Ireland GAA winning captain Anthony Malloy. So we think of Mary Ellen Malloy's, may she rest in peace and we think of her family. And when that news broke at the weekend, you know, it struck me that her family would have been already 
you know, not not dreading Christmas, but would have been already saying, you know, it's not going to be the same without Mary Ellen. She's an only daughter. She's two younger brothers. But they probably would have been, you know, saying, oh, she's not going to be able to make it home for Christmas. And I'm assuming probably with work reasons, she wasn't coming home for Christmas. And she had been home in the last number of months and probably making plans for when she'd be home again in the new year. So Christmas was going to be etched with a little bit of sadness because she wouldn't be around the table. And oh my God, what a different Christmas uh, they will be having this year. It is really such a sad, uh, sad story. And what do you make of Tesco having to withdraw their Christmas cards? And can I say well done to Tesco who responded very quickly when this story broke at the weekend and they have withdrawn uh, Christmas cards from sale that were manufactured in the Chinese factory that's alleged now and it is an allegation at the moment to have used false labour. Uh, Tesco UK have suspended the factory where the cards are, Christmas cards were produced and they're opening up an investigation. Tesco are saying we abhor the use of any form of forced labour. We would never allow the use of prison labour in any of our supply chain and they say that the supplier was independently audited as recently as only a month ago and Tesco say they couldn't, they, they certainly on the independent audit found no evidence to suggest that they'd broken the company's rule banning the use of prison labour. Tesco have a comprehensive auditing system in place and if a supplier breaches the rules it's immediately and permanently delisted. Now Tesco by the way do sell two Irish charity cards. They do one which I only purchased this year for Temple Street Children's Hospital and they also do another one for the Irish Cancer Society but they want to make it quite clear that both of those Christmas cards are made and produced here and printed here in Ireland. And in case you're you're new to the story, it was the story broke over the weekend. It was a little six-year-old schoolgirl from Tooting in South London. Her mum and dad had bought her a box of Christmas cards for her to distribute to her school friends. And lots of our children here at home do that uh, as well. So mum or dad went into Tesco, picked up a box of Christmas cards, said to their little girl, Florence, off you go, write your Christmas cards. So she started writing the writing the Christmas cards. When one of them, she opened and there was a handwritten note inside in one of the Christmas cards saying, we are foreign prisoners in Shanghai prison in China, forced to work against our will. Please help us and notify human rights organisations. Use the link to contact Mr. Peter Humphrey. And there was a link into it. And this story, by the way, broke uh, yesterday at the end at the Sunday, uh, the Sunday Times. Now, the dad Googled the name of Peter Humphrey to see who was this person, Peter Humphrey. And it turns out he was a British journalist who had spent time in this uh, particular prison. So they did exactly what the message in the card said. They got on and passed it all on to Peter Humphrey. Then obviously Tesco were contacted. They said they were shocked. They shut down and shut down operations at the factory. They said they never allow prison labour in their supply uh, chain. So they are absolutely shocked by these allegations immediately halted production uh, where the cards were produced and then have started this uh, investigation and if evidence is found they say they will permanently delist the supplier. So Tesco Ireland then said obviously because they discovered that cards that were on sale here would have come from the same company in China. So they've stopped and removed the Christmas cards from sale. And Colin McGorman, Chief Executive of Amnesty International here in Ireland, said China has abolished labour camps and they abolished them as far back as 2013. But Amnesty International still receive occasional complaints 
about poor labour conditions in factories in China. He said it's now up to China to investigate the allegations and ensure that the companies, both domestic and internationally, are following China's own labour laws and international human rights standards. It's kind of one of those stories, again, that's proving why it's so important for a whole variety of reasons as to why we shop local and when you're buying Christmas cards like I was only talking at the end of November I was talking about the charity calendars make sure that you look out for the charity calendars and then I included the charity Christmas cards and actually a lot of the local charity Christmas cards and calendars would all be printed locally so you would never have to worry about buying a Christmas card where somebody could have been forced into labour or working in just awful conditions in which to produce the cards that you are sending Christmas greetings to your loved one really would make you stop and think for next year 1850-333-103 Bernie taking your calls if you want to text or WhatsApp we'd love to hear from you 0862-103-103 now on the programme this morning we're actually going to be talking about a locally produced book it's a self-published book and it's about historical murders in the North Cork area. We'll chat with the author this morning. We're going to hear from a group who are hoping to keep the Ren Boy tradition alive and well and they are looking for people to help out. It's a group who want to go hunt the Ren on St Stephen's Day and they're hoping to do it in the North Cork area and we're putting the shout out. If you are involved with the Ren Boys group let us know let us know where you'll be going out, what general area you will be in. We'll give you a plug. And if you're doing it for charity, which is what the majority of people go out and uh, hunt the rent for, let us know that the charity you're trying to collect money for. Just so we can give advance warning to people when they're out and about to keep a lookout uh, for you. I remember a number of years ago, there was a really strong Wren Boys group in Kildarry. I don't know if they're still hunting the rent on St. Stephen's Day. For many years, they gave very, very generous donations, uh, which I sent out to the hospital a group that I was helping out in Belarus and it was terrific sums of money were raised and people were so generous to the Ren Boys when they used to turn up on St Stephen's Day and people love to see them coming but it's just it's to get somebody to organise to get the musicians to get the singers some of the Ren Boy groups will have dancers with them but you need to have transport and you need to make sure you have enough transport to get everybody into the cars and get everybody out and about it's a wonderful tradition and it's a tradition I would hate to think that we would lose it. So anything we can do to help out the Ren Boys. So if you know of Ren Boys, are you involved or you're an organiser, give Bernie a call at 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp me the details to 0862-103-103. I've come across a couple of uh, local festive publications. So I took a look through them at the weekend and I uh, certainly will give you a mention. They're on the, there's two I've discovered on sort of the very same vein as the Holly Bough and we all associate Christmas with the Holly Bow and we reviewed the, the Holly Bow with John Dolan, uh, the editor last month. That's just a wonderful wonderful publication but I've seen there's two local ones, one from West Cork and uh, one from North Cork well worthy of a mention so we'll look at those uh, today and I'm also really looking forward to having little Anna Brown uh, join me in studio. Remember Anna's dream to dance, how we all got behind that just wonderful campaign to help out that little girl. She needed to go to America. She needed to have surgery. Her mother was just what a mighty woman, what a campaigner on Anna's behalf. And there's always that sense of, you know, when a mother, and I know fathers do it too, but when a mother gets stuck in, it's almost like the the, the lioness comes out going to protect her cubs and you will do 
anything to protect uh, your little ones. And when you're seeing a little one who's in pain and when you're seeing a little one who's never going to reach her full potential unless she has this operation, then you'll go to any lens. You'll swim to America if you if you had to. And I always got that sense from Anna's mum, Evelyn, when I used to talk to her. And there was some very, very dark days for her. There was, we had so many interviews here in studio where Evelyn would end up in tears at the end of her wondering would she ever get the money that she needed. They couldn't commit to the operation in the States unless the money was in the bank. That's the way it is in America, uh, sadly. And this money had to be collected. And the the money flowed in in the end. It, it was great. It was great. And then Anna then had the big journey to make and then her real battle. It's the recovery after the operation. And her dream was always to dance. And there's this just amazing clip went up on her Facebook page of Anna doing Irish dancing. And it just, I tell you, it, I was emotional watching it because I just thought I, how far this little girl has come. It's terrific. So we didn't want to let the year close without doing a quick catch up with Evelyn and Anna. So they're going to join us in the studio at about 20 past uh, 11 today. And Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist, who I suppose has one of our busiest uh, slots that we run every year. We're always inundated with questions for her. I can already, when I mentioned that Annalise was coming on when I was teeing up the programme with Simon, questions already coming in for her. So keep those coming throughout the morning. Text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103 with Bernie taking the calls 1850 Larry said he was shocked to hear that story about the Christmas cards in Tesco and the forced uh, labour and agrees with me shopping locally is the way to go and Larry says have you seen the shop local campaign that has been run by Banton and Skibbereen uh, Credit Union I have and actually I gave it a mention last week if you go onto their Facebook page Banton and Skibbereen's Facebook page you'll see it they've put a really good video clip together and it kind of runs on the idea of following a young woman as she's making her way home uh, two skulls so she goes shopping him Bandon and Skibbereen and on into Skull and it ends up with her going through the front door it's lovely really really well put together by a local videographer from JLM Media they shot and produced the video it's excellent it really is good and of course it's the credit union getting everybody to shop local uh, really trying to get that message across now Newland Ballyclaw was on to us Wondering anybody else having problems with the delivery of Christmas cards, seeing as we're talking of Christmas cards and packages. She posted two Christmas cards to England on the 6th of December. Neither of them have arrived. She posted a parcel to America also on the 6th of September. It also hasn't arrived. And then she posted one to Australia. Now she put a tracker on that, which I'm a little bit unsure what she means by a tracker, but that has arrived safe and sound. She's wondering are other people missing uh, items. The only thing I will say about postage to the United Kingdom. I posted a parcel to the United Kingdom around the beginning of December and it only arrived last Friday. I actually was starting to think that this parcel was gone missing because it hadn't arrived. So there definitely there is a delay and that I think has got a lot to do with the amount of people that are shopping online and doing business online. Post service has never been busier. You would, the Christmas cards, yeah, I mean, Christmas cards can go missing, can get lost, can turn up weeks later. So, you know, hang on in there. They, they still may surface. I also posted a package to Australia that got there within a week. I was I was amazed at how quickly that got there. But it could just be the time of the year at Nula. But we'll, we'll give the shout out to see has anybody else noticed that letters and cards that traditionally would be there within a week, even 
allowing for the business at this time of the year. Is anybody else hearing that parcels and cards are going missing? 1850-333-103. Billy Abandon wants to wish us all a very happy Christmas. Thank you for that, uh, Billy. And actually, there was a lovely WhatsApp in saying, would I wish Annabella McGrorty a very happy fourth birthday. Happy birthday to you, Annabelle. And could I play her favourite Christmas song, which is the theme tune from The Snowman. Love from Daddy and Mammy and Sam and Baby Maisie. There's a busy household this year. Thanking you and happy Christmas. Well, happy Christmas to all of the McGrorty family and birthday greetings to little uh, Annabelle I actually have that on the playlist for tomorrow if Annabelle can hold off I definitely will be playing it uh, tomorrow but I just want to get in her birthday greetings because it is her birthday uh, today for today big girl now 1850-333-103 Bernie's taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 Now in the run up to Christmas we get inundated with books that sadly we can't get to all of them but one I really wanted to feature be and particularly because it's self-published and it's on sale locally is uh, Peter O'Shea joins me to discuss his latest book called Murder Most Local Historic Murders of North Cork and a follow-up book to one that featured deathly deeds in East Cork Good morning to you Peter Good morning um, and uh, congratulations uh, a beautifully written uh, book uh, well done well done to you uh, I suppose start by explaining when and how did you develop an interest in researching and writing about murders? I suppose through local history really and just the human interest aspect of it and the fact that the you know people were interested and people were were asking about local cases. I wrote a local history book about Belly Cotton and, and you know when you read the, sometimes the end of a story or a little newspaper snippet you just say like I have to find out what drove this person to do it. I mean I don't think people are born, you know, murderers or anything like that in most cases. And and you just have to find out, like, one up in, just one that springs to mind is a well-known one up in Meelan, you know, an ad features in the paper, and it, it, it's a, a wife looking for her husband that she's somehow estranged from for several years. And this ad went out on Christmas Eve, didn't Christ, it? Christmas Eve in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the examiner, yeah, and, and three months later he's um, found dead under suspicious circumstances. So you, you know, you, you say then there's, there's bound to be years or something, and there is in that case, there's years of past history, there's years of 1930s Ireland where people have very restricted lives, very restricted what they can do. You know, they can't just go off and divorce, they can't live separate lives, and it's just fascinating, I suppose, what drove The lens people went to. You know, yeah, the lens people went to, and and the fact that you know there was no there was no Wikipedia or internet back then. You know, recently in a murder case, somebody was alleged to be googling how long it takes a body to decompose. But back, mm. you know, a hundred years ago or more, they just had these ideas of their own that that they'd get away with it. They had an idea that that this mad idea that that, that I'll never get caught. But but in a lot of your stories, Peter, they did get away with it. They do in some cases. They do in some cases. There's a famous one in Castletown Roach where, where a man is as far away as New Zealand. I mean, how further could he be? And he doesn't get away with it. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, think, you think in Ireland of the 1870s and early 1880s that if you get out of the country, you will never again be caught. So how could you be found? There's no, there's no way of tracking you. But it takes a year, but they track him down and they bring him back. 
And is it fair to say no matter where you live, you're never more than a few miles away from a murder scene? I know, it's like that story <laughs> about never being more than a few metres away from a rat. I think it. I think it's definitely true. I mean, we don't cover the political ones or the, you know, not too political ones like the black and tans or any of that. Yeah. Stuff. But yeah, I think... I think there's patches in North Cork there where you're a few miles away from one maybe, but, but yeah, definitely I'd say five or six miles is a murder somewhere. And are people locally aware of the story? Not always. Okay. Even within the families, not always. I mean, sometimes there's a missing generation in a family where they just don't talk about it. Like I suppose, you know, in the case of some stories inside when there's a father's been killed and the child is maybe very young and that next generation will not speak of it because they grew up without their father, which is very sad. And nobody deserves to die in any of these stories, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and are, are there also, I'm, I'm assuming, because what, 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 what I found interesting when I was reading the stories was saying, you know, there probably will be descendants of these people that are, you know, that are mentioned in the stories. Is there also a case of, we don't want to talk about that? Some places, yeah, people have said that to me. They've said, like, we don't talk about that around here. Um, and then when it's published in a book, then sometimes people come back to me and, and, and some families have come back to me and, 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 and been very pragmatic about it and, and said, thanks, it's now recorded. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, as you say, it was a very different era we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about a time, I suppose, when, when you know, I suppose the difference between having a cow, enough land for a cow and not having enough land for a cow meant, meant completely different life. And the reasons behind murders all too familiar? Yeah, it's probably the same as it is nowadays. You know, money, you know, greed, love. Um, a lot of madness too, though. And, and to be fair, there's a bit of madness, you know. But yeah. There's some, there's some actually murders that are so driven that I don't think they actually care whether they're caught or not. They really don't care. And the punishment at times was brutal. I mean, if you go back to before the 1830s, if you're found guilty you will be hung within the, within the third day of being found guilty. There is no appeal. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, um, yeah. And, and some of the punishments for things like uh, treason were even more brutal. But there was one I found here, in East, going back to East Kirk, where they wait outside a man's window for, for every night for two weeks, um, waiting to take a clear shot at him. And it was his own relations, and he was holding his children by the fire in his arms, and eventually they get a shot at him. And uh, they're seen running away. And they, I don't think they actually care about being caught. They um, just wanted the man dead. They just wanted him dead. It was over a, a feud over dividing a farm between a family. And they just felt, they suppose, they hated him so much. And they just wanted him dead. And, and I suppose they didn't even, the hatred had, had become so intense that they hadn't yeah. even planned what they were going to do, you know. And all over a piece of land. John, John B. Keane was so right, wasn't he, when, when he wrote uh, The Field. Uh, now, some of the stories, the murder that took place in Bantir at the start of 1915. Yeah. yeah, That's a very little known story, to be quite honest. It's, it's, it's not a, maybe what you might call an out-and-out murder as such, but it, you know, it leads to a man's death right in the centre of the village of Bantir. And and it kind of seems to be a kind of a bit of a feud going on between families and a bit of an intergenerational thing. And it's just one of those amazing ones. It happens in the middle of a village. There's loads of people there, but when you follow it to its conclusion legally, they just seem to tear apart all the witnesses and um, and just the whole thing ends in confusion. Really, in my in my eyes, that that you, it's one of those cases where somebody gets hung in other cases on less evidence. 
Yeah, yeah, because yes, because yeah, nobody was found uh, was found guilty. And the murder with the connection to Elizabeth Bowen's estate in Kildare, yeah. yeah, that was a very sad affair as well. I mean, a young married couple, and 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 somebody comes in with a, a kind of a, I suppose a story of suspicion, and it drives this man to be just obsessed that 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 his wife was maybe having an affair, and 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 he pursue, he pursues a man so much. That the man has to actually maybe maybe feels he he defends himself, you know, and and just just I suppose it's I like the ones that don't get written about very seldomly or don't get written about at all because you know they're not out and out they're not the high profile murder cases in Ireland, but at the same time it just shows how people were living they were living in houses all on top of each other they were watching each other, you know how they even send for the priest and things like that like it was interesting you know. Um, Somebody observed to me actually recently that, that 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 they thought was funny that back then if somebody found de- found lying in an awful state beside the road they sent for the priest before the doctor. I know, I know. They felt that he could do something that the doctor couldn't I know, do. I know it's it's. A, Whereas it's a, nowadays it'd be get a defib, get get first aid, or get get medical attention. Yeah, but it's like when there's an accident, an accident, it can be sent for the solicitor before you even send for the ambulance. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a different different time. Uh, the it's it, as I mentioned at the outset, it is it is self published. Um, how is it doing for you? And how did your first book go? Um, well, the first book I did was about Ballycotton, and then I followed that up with Murders of North of East Cork, which was a, yeah. which was this time last year, which was amazing. We, I suppose we hadn't anticipated the demand. Self publishing is difficult. You print the books, you pay for them yourself. Yeah, it isn't easy. And then we just and then we just, we do the distributorship ourselves. So we we like selling. I suppose if somebody said to me, "Why would you self publish?" One of the great reasons is I love going into the bookshops. I love meeting the people in the bookshops. I love going to corner shops and having a chat with people. And, um, you know, there's some amazing little small businesses out there. And, um, you know, and they're willing to support a local thing. Great. So um, where where is this? Where is your book on sale? We're, I suppose we're on sale in all, all bookshops in North Cork and East Cork. Okay. Um, and, and we kind of do online ourselves. And it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to kind of to do everything but you know it's it's about really supporting local we print locally in um, Lettertech in um, Caritool so like last year for instance I suppose most of the books only ever travelled about three miles to the shop which which is amazing in, in logistics compared to publishers out there and books would be probably flying all over you know yeah. maybe travelling all over the world a lot of books aren't printed in Ireland now which is which is sad. Which is, which no, is, is sad. Which is, which it's is sad. sad. And um, we do, like, I don't sell on Amazon. I, I don't buy on Amazon. Um, so I don't sell on Amazon. We get a lot of questions on our Facebook, like, is it available on Amazon? Is it available on Amazon? And I, it's, it's nearly becoming a point with me at this stage. I, I say to people, I don't sell on Amazon because I don't want to. Well, that's, you know, and that is your prerogative. It would open it up to a much bigger world, though, so you've got to balance that as well. Um, but do you get a buzz out of seeing it inside the bookshops when you walk in? I suppose, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, yeah, it's nice calling into the bookshops. It's really it's nice calling into the bookshops and, and seeing someone looking at it on the shelf, maybe. Or, yeah, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm outgoing enough that I can walk up to somebody and say... I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, but it... I suppose if you were, to, if I was to go down the published route, it takes away the control from me. Yeah. It takes away, um, takes away a lot. I, I don't want to be in a space like that. Um, we see a lot of the stuff to come out for Christmas is a little bit, but I'd like to be a little bit different. I think the world needs 
more self-published books. Absolutely, it's, absolutely. It well, it, more people to be a little bit different. It, it is terrific and it is called Murder, Most Local Historic Murders of North Cork. Will there be a third in the series, do you think? Well, Some more murders to follow up on? One of my kids came running down the stairs the other day after finishing a book and he said... Um, he said, in the back of the book, it says there's a new book coming out next year. And I, it, the penny dropped with me entirely. And I said, I'm selling my back catalogue in back pages of the book. I said, I should be putting in what I'm writing next year. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to do um, West Cork next year. Well done. Well um, done. And we will look forward to chatting to you. Right. Uh, in the meantime, Peter, thank you. Thanks and it's, it's a very well written book as well. So congratulations okay, to you. Thank, thank you for much. that. Bye. It's the same to you. Bye bye. That is author uh, Peter O'Shea, 1850-333-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. Now, while the Wren Boys tradition might be dying off, it's always great to hear about groups who are trying to keep it alive and going. And hoping to have the Wren Boys out in the Newmarket and Whelan areas is Anne-Marie Laham, who joins me with an appeal for people to help out. Good morning to you, Anne-Marie. Good morning, uh, Tricia. Sincere, thanks for having me. Oh, you're more than and welcome. Thank you. Now, um, yeah. what in particular are you looking for? Is it musicians? Is it singers? What is it? Yes. I tell you, Trish, we do it every year. I won't go into it, but what, what, what we are looking for when you ask that is uh, musicians. The best thing we really need is drivers. A driver with a car, with the option of bringing you know, two or three in a car. Okay. Uh, musicians. We don't need, like, what we do. A musician, if they have some, some level of music, if people have a winning spirit, if they're willing to shake a tambourine, we have a, we have a good few musicians okay. on site anyway. But, like, people are with the right spirit. That's what we kind of want. Well, I tell you what we kind of do, and and that and um, singers. But yeah. like if they're not, it doesn't have to be you know opera style or whatever. People, if people can sing a few lines for him, it's fine with us. You know, we just we have, as I said, we have a kind of a good kind of a core group. We just need a few numbers just to get more routes, more routes covered, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? and that's where the drivers are. You, you need yes. somebody with their car willing to get involved in the crack, but be Absolutely. the designated driver for the day. Absolutely, absolutely. We've been do- like with Patricia. We we do we, we've been doing for the last twenty years. Okay. Uh, here in meeting, and uh, usually we try and do two or three charities and come together and kind of bring uh, you know devise two or three worthy charities every year. We've supported quite a number. Like go through a few over the years. Yeah, the, please do. Yeah, the, yeah. The, we have uh, covered uh, Simon Grow, the mental health, Pieta House, uh, Mallow Search and Rescue, Vincent de Paul, Confert locally, Confert Graveyard. They put up some signs for all the where people are buried in the local area, which has been very beneficial locally, and they've done great work. As you know yourself, I've heard you in. Yeah people over the years in that graveyard thanks to Sheila and team um, Charles the Mental Handicap Services Cancer Connect and then our local sergeant did a big fundraiser for them too recently um, uh, loads and locally a girl Eileen Eileen Hartons was travelling I love to give the people going to places okay. genuine people going you know where the money is there's no money's lost well there's no admin yeah yeah it goes through so who have you selected this year this year we've chosen Penny Dinners in Cork Great. which I visited last Saturday uh, and again, I hear you uh, speak to Katrina and that inst- Daniel that ignites, uh, you know, um, you know, passion for me to uh, the wanting cause kind of thing. Yeah. And um, one of our uh, air air 
um, air ambulance in Rathcool. Yeah. Again, a very worthy cause. Apparently, since July of this year, since their initiation, they've attended 244 calls. It's which incredible. is fantastic. It's incredible. Oh my God, in such a short time, you know. How many lives they've saved and, and will save. And will save. And we're here in Bellygrove. We're well out, like back in meeting Rock Chapel, you know, to be, if we, if we had to travel to Cork, it's an hour, an hour and a half anyway in a car, you yeah. know, boot to the ground. And I know from having babies over the year, believe me, over the years, I know every bump of the road, but then <laughs> saying if you're to go in air, air ambulance, it would obviously be a lot faster yeah. and a lot safer. And then Father Martin, he's a, I haven't actually met him in person now. Uh, Father Martin, he's a man from Benny Desmond who's done mighty work in, in Southern Africa, teaching children, you know, providing help and leadership well for done. children well done. and they're, education. There are three, there are three great charities. Absolutely. Now, what time do you hope, hope to strike off at on St. Stephen's Day? I tell you, Trish, we have a lovely youth mess. I'm going to give that a plug as well. Okay. I have a good, strong faith. We give a lovely youth mess in Wheeling. Father stretches our local PP, and he's fantastic to support the, initi- the, the initiative too, and most initiatives, in fact. He's a great man. But anyway, Father, we have a lovely mess and a lovely blessing in the morning, a 10 o'clock mess in, in Wheeling, sang by a lovely youth choir formed every year for the occasion. And we head off to me meet in Pat Callan's pub after, trying a few colourful pyjamas and any old rags we can find. <laughs> the, the worst, the, I tell you, people could have... Uh, even, we don't take one bit of notice what you are around wearing. And it, I mean, but obviously people try not, it didn't even about disguise, you know, it didn't about disguise, just for a bit of colour, a yeah. bit of crack, a bit of fun. Meet and pet Callahan's after, trying to few Bob and Pet and Breda and thank, I, I shout out to them too, because we just, you know, leave the dust behind us and run out the door and go, gone in cars and delegate people to go different routes. Anyways, Jigs and Louise, we head off from, from Pat Callahan's um, at, at say like 11 o'clock and we do two, we have lunch here then at home, at, at, Soup and sandwiches here at our house in the hands house at, ten, at two to half two and head off in again until six o'clock. We have two, two break two sessions. Oh. And then in the evening, Trish, we've eight to ten. We usually do the pubs, the local pubs in Newmarket, which again I must give a thank you to the Newmarket and Pat Callahan's. Well, Pets, we've been in the morning, but in Newmarket, they've been very always very receptive. And Boherbui and Kish game, and we're trying to get into Kentuck. If anyone in Kentuck would help us out, or local, you know, towns that we get into the pubs because you earn a lot. It mightn't be big, it might be smaller monies, but obviously there's more people. Yeah, it is great. And, and, yeah. people, and people are generous and, and like to give. So if anybody wants to help out, particularly the drivers, yes. can we, how do they contact you, Anne-Marie? I, I, I don't get Anne-Marie Lehan, but I, my number is 87 Double three double nine six. Okay, oh eight seven two nine, two nine double three 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 nine six. Okay, uh, Trish, um, I was saying, which is I, I we've we've kids ourselves, but I think it's a great opportunity for children and anyone to give back to give back something. It's a great opportunity for til- for children like to volunteer and to you know people. Kids now have such great opportunities with music and and they're going to so many you know to know extracurricular things if they want to give back for a few hours of a Here's day. Here's an opportunity. Yeah, you're so right. Trisha, you're so there's right. only so many Christmas you can hang around. There's only so much Christmas you can hang around and do nothing. I mean, yeah. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. It's a one day wonder. That's why I like what the fundraiser. There's no, it's a bit of organising, but once you get out there for the one day, we present. We have a lovely presentation night, and maybe a week later, a few nights later, very fast and furious. We invite people. We try and invite people from the organisation. And over the money. Okay, I'm way over yeah. on time. You sound like Sorry, you enjoy Trisha. it. That's the main yeah. thing. Trisha, can I just say thanks, Trisha? To, now we're about my volunteers, but for the people who are volunteering in these places like Penny Dinners yeah. and like the, the we, they're the people that need 
they, they deserve the credit. It's just they the are the real day. unsung heroes. All right, exactly. Anne-Marie, thank you for that. God bless and good luck with the rain. Bye-bye. And if anybody else knows of any other rain happening anywhere across City or County, let us know. We'd love to give you a plug. Some of your texts and calls coming in. Sandy, wishing everybody a happy and a prosperous New Year. Thank you for that, uh, Sandy. says, will ple- people please stop and think safety when in a hurry, especially at this time of year. Sandy's been out and about driving and said, I'm at two cars. One had a boat tied incorrectly and the boat was tied sideways on the roof. It could actually could have hit another car. And then I came across another car that had a sheet of timber. And if the car was forced to stop suddenly, it would have flown off in front. Both could injure or kill take care says Sandy yeah we don't we're a couple of days out now from Christmas let's try and keep everybody safe thank you for that and John Inclan and Kilty listening, listening to me earlier talking about post not arriving and I was saying don't panic yet it's just extremely busy particularly now with so many people deciding to shop online John says Patricia you're spot on I was speaking to a delivery company a few weeks ago they said last year they delivered 18,000 packages in early December this year that figure has jumped from 18,000 packages to 31,000 packages over the same period this year. Oh, almost doubled. Isn't that absolutely incredible? Thank you for that, uh, John. And Ted in Charleville says he always gets a particular card from, I don't know if it's a family member or a friend in England, he said that hasn't arrived yet either. So it's working both ways. There's delays in post coming from this side over to England but likewise there's delays coming the other way as well. So to the listener who contacted us uh, was when there were earlier calls Newland Valley Claw. Don't panic yet. Those cards that you posted and packages may still arrive yet. And thank you to Dan in Charleville who contacted us to say he really enjoyed reading uh, Peter O'Shea's book, the book that we spoke about that's self-published uh, and on say locally. Uh, Dan said really enjoyed reading uh, all the murder stories that was contained in the book. Well done to Peter and that book is on sale locally uh, for people who are looking for it. Now over the weekend I noticed when I was flicking through social media that the Belfast are blind bus the cataract bus was once again heading from West Cork and making the long journey to Belfast and I actually put up a little comment to wish them all the very best and it did strike me that here we are the weekend before Christmas probably one of the busiest weekends of the year with getting shopping in and getting prepared and getting organised for the big day. And my heart went out to this group of people as they headed off on a bus. But you know, it struck me that what a great gift they were getting for this Christmas, the gift of sight. And, you know, they got the appointment weekend before Christmas and they took it. And it was the 50th bus, would you believe, to leave West Cork to head to Belfast so the people in the main getting cataract operations and of course it's organised by local doll deputy Michael Collins so yesterday evening then I saw a posting up on Michael's Facebook page to say that the bus was back but there was unfortunately a little bit of high drama on the bus and Michael joins me Good morning to you Michael Good morning Patricia Now Michael this is the first time in the 50 buses that have gone that this has happened isn't it? Yeah it's unfortunate Uh, we had a lady that fell ill um, uh, on the way back uh, yesterday evening I'd say more on the second leg of the journey because usually when they leave Belfast they'll uh, come and start the exit 14 and they'll have a 45 minute um, lunch break there and give people a chance to you know sit back and stretch and, their and feet relax, and get off stretch yeah. their feet yeah. Yeah. and uh, after that she seemingly got sick 
and it got worse as, as, as she was coming down. I got a phone call um, when there were 10 minutes outside of Cork asking me where I was, which I was in Cork waiting because we have a, a fleet of cars ready to take them home, back to their homes uh, from Cork City. And uh, they asked me would I take her to the CUH. Now, when they got back to the Amber Filling Station in, in, in Cork, where our base is just above Dunstore there, uh, the lady was too ill to take her from the bus by, by any other vehicle. So we... Um, immediately called the, the ambulance um, and the unfortunate thing and Patricia is something I didn't put up on Facebook but the ambulance took an hour to get there because there was no ambulance in Cork so they had to dispatch an ambulance from Clannacilty and in that time the lady was getting worse and worse and it was a difficult time for a lot of people there was a lot of concern and worry because we left nobody leave the bus until the situation was resolved because there was people trying to assist her and they would have had family members that were going we were uh, we had a nurse on board but like a nurse on board still couldn't give her you know the medical uh, attention that she needed attention she needed and she needed hospital attention and and, and she got that but uh, you know after a struggle you know but um, it was unfortunate yeah. how is she today Michael? Um, I've been trying to contact her son no I spoke to her son at half past 12 last night and he said that she had improved a little okay. um, but she had been, she was very ill now on, on board it was more I, I think maybe it was fatigue or whatever um, you know we try and make the trip as comfortable as possible by making sure they go up the day before they can stay overnight but it's an early morning start and like I did I was able to speak to her initially and she did say that she was generally healthy she didn't have medication because we were trying to figure out would it be another medical problem that she would have had and she didn't I just think maybe we just just had some kind of a reaction or thankfully her eyes seem to be perfect and the eye that she had done seem to be perfect but it's just uh, maybe maybe there's an anaesthetic that morning and some people you know I don't know you just don't know you just don't know in their 90s and they've ran off the bus as soon as they and and that's the way it's been with the previously with this lady unfortunately took very ill and that hour that we were waiting for that ambulance it felt like it felt like five hours I know and you know something Michael it mightn't be in any way related to the trip no. to Belfast. It might be in any way related to her cataract procedure. You know, it could be some underlying condition or something that's just happened. And please God, she will make a full recovery. Ah, please, she will. God, she will. And I was trying to uh, ring her son this morning uh, several times made though, and he's, his phone is busy or his phone is off or whatever, but I will probably make contact. Okay, and let us know, let, let us know how she is and, and we'll keep her, keep her in her thoughts and prayers. Um, oh, and yeah. the cataract bus Belfast are blind will continue in 2020. It, it will. It will look. We've up to 1,500 people taken. Now I know there's some few hundred of them hips and knees, but the main bulk of them are, are cataracts. There's, there's still as big a demand today as there was uh, initially. We have two more in January, two more in February. Buses going up. Um, no, it's been. A, it look has been a success. It's been a, a resolving of a, a, an issue that you know desperately needs to be resolved locally. It, has, it isn't happening, and it, ha- it hasn't happened. And, you know, people are availing of it and they're not going to sit by, sit by and go blind, uh, Patricia. And that's why, you know, we have such a high demand. And, you know, this, as I said, in fairness to Kingsbridge Private Hospital, even even yesterday, last night at half as well, the CEO of Kingsbridge Private Hospital messaged me saying that they will provide a, a, a transport service, a taxi service from Cork to take that lady to back to Belfast in case it was an issue of, the, you know, and I hadn't contacted him at all, so I, he probably had seen it up on my Facebook or whatever, but I mean, to get that kind of a service, that if it's an issue to do with her eye, we'll take her back and make sure everything is okay. That's the kind of excellent service we're getting there, offering that at half as 12 last night. That's <laughs> really good. That's, you know, but look, that's decent. Um, that was decent of him to do that. He didn't, yeah, he didn't have to. I know, I was back to him last night and told him, look, I'd keep in contact with him. I gave him the son's number, so maybe he's in contact with him this morning to make sure that 
if it's anything to do with the eye, they're willing to make sure that she's transported back and looked after properly. They, they treated the people this weekend as they've treated the people for the past uh, oh, nearly two years with, with, uh, with the utmost of respect and then people were all praised for them again. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big effort. Like, we deal with the Europa Hotel, we deal with, you know, for booking people in, make sure they're comfortable and have a good overnight stay. O'Callaghan's bus fire in Killarney. Everybody is working very hard to make sure that people, you know, can go and come safely. They are elderly people, but thankfully that has happened until yesterday evening and it's been a, a, and an incredible it is, it is in the main cataracts. You do, do, you do some hips and knees hips as well, Hips and you? knees yeah. have, have actually, the, the, the people looking for uh, hips and knee surgery has grown quite a lot. Uh, the last bus we've gone up now, I think we had 11 people going for hips and knees as well as the cataracts. Now, we don't take them for the operations, we take them for the consultation and the pre-ops. So they, when it, for the hips and the knees, because obviously we're not sure is it two to three days they need to stay in Belfast after, but they're 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 actually availing of that now, and it's beginning to grow and grow. And in fairness, look, we tied up this, you know, with the, we worked very close with the credit union. Some people get bridging loans, and they can afford it. So if the hip costs ten thousand, I think they get close to nine thousand one hundred back from from under the cross border. But the bridging loan from the credit union gives them the the the, the opportunity to go there because they may not have the ten thousand yeah. freely available to them. So like, and I know a lot of people with the cataracts as well are using the credit union. It's it's terrific, and others are others have followed your lead. I mean, there's a bus that goes from North Cork now. I think Michael Moynihan is involved uh, with organising that. There is, yeah. And, you know, the more, it's, 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 it's the only way we can resolve the, the issue that's out there and the issue that's, especially with cataract above everything else, in my view, it's such a simplified way to start it out. They've been trying to tell me it's rocket scientists to, to do what they need to do. They need one clean room fully equipped with staff. That's all they need. That's, that's what's going on in the UK. They're making it look as if it's such a big deal to do it here. I mean, I, I, last week I raised and said, and you know what annoys me sometimes with politics is that I raised that the, that we should consider closing the doll bar, and there was uproar inside the doll. If I raised, if I told them uh, twelve months ago or a year and a half ago that we'd have uh, fifteen hundred people having to go to Belfast, that they were going blind, they'd no one open their mouth, and no one would 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 would, would argue with me, and they'd all be quite. Uh, quite sitting down and, and, and accepting that this is this is a per norm. It's not per norm. These surgeries should be taking place in Bantry, Mallow, and in Cork, and there shouldn't be any. Well, way, I, well, I think the gang, the gang in Belfast, and what you guys are doing is showing really that it is quite a simple procedure, but it's a simple pr- procedure that has life-changing results for the elderly people. Has an, I mean, people in their 80s and 90s they're telling me they've seen things now. I mean, I, did, I was I had a gentleman from Barry Road coming back yesterday evening, I was dropping him home, and he said to me that uh, he says, I don't need glasses anymore. And that man is an elderly gentleman, he's absolutely thrilled. Absolutely yeah. thrilled. And, he's and it keeps, them, it keeps and, them driving. It keeps them on the road, they have their license, they're safe, and you know, they have better eyesight than most people have on the road now. But the thing is, it's it's not it's not a, a massive procedure, it's 15, 20 minutes, and I can't get that point across uh, to, to the government of the day that this can must be resolved locally. And what is wrong with our hospitals in Cork, even if we have to drop out the, the Bantry in the Mallow, and if they have a centre of excellence, right, Patrick? Surgery in Cork, why isn't it been there? It was promised in 2007. We're at 2019 and nothing's delivered. And people are, the most simply procedure, people are going blind, Patricia, and they don't seem to care or don't seem to worry. And these are people who worked hard all their life. And, and the thing came. is, of course, that people, not everyone can be brave enough as the people who get on the bus, because that's a big thing to do, to get on a bus in West Cork or North Cork and or the city and go all the way to Belfast. You know, that's, that's, you've got to be very brave to do that. It's quite 
frightening for some people, you know, and that, that's why sometimes, you know, you, you know, sometimes I leave with them. I don't, by all means, they'd, they'd ring me and I'd go through it and i try and simplify it for them. Like, they, they usually get picked up at the door and taken to Cork City and then the coach takes them and brought back to Cork City and dropped to the door. But, like, they are elderly and you have to, you know, and you get a, I get a lot of phone calls from the same people saying, could you go through it again? Could you go through it again? And, I you know, know, they're just, they're worried God and confused. But, and, and, in, and, and most times, I will say, 99.9%, they're singing and laughing and the bus coming down after because they're so happy. It's, it's over for this poor lady. Unfortunately, this please God, now please God, everywhere. she'll be okay, and you know, and God would be great if they she gets discharged and she's home for Christmas would be great as well. But we'll keep her in our thoughts and prayers. In please. the meantime, uh, Michael, people wanting to wish you uh, a very happy Christmas and saying well done to you. One banding listener says, could you could you wish Deputy Collins very happy Christmas and thank him for all the good he's done in 2020. He's the only politician in West Cork who keeps his word and works wonders for us all. We're deeply grateful to him. And someone else says, did you hear Leo Varadkar on Brendan O'Connor's show last Saturday week? he claimed waiting lists for cataracts have gone down. All I could think of is the reason that the list has got shorter is it because so many people are heading on buses leaving West Cork and every other place and heading up to a Belfast. I can't wait for the canvassers to call. Oh, and actually I, I did when I heard that Leo had said that the list has uh, come down do they credit the fact that so many are going on these buses to Belfast? No, 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 no. no. They're, they're, uh, that's brought up quite often. If, even if I raise this issue in the doll. When I go back in January, I'll be they'll pull out a list and say, "Oh, our Catholic numbers have dropped dramatically," and I'd be saying, "Let's you're not factoring in that they're actually going to Belfast. They get this done, and they're just not even they don't even heed that. And, you know, it's just as far as they're concerned, they're looking at fa- figures, but they're not looking at the reality. And the reality in the ground is, if you come from Cork or you come from Kerry." You you will be you will be going blind if you have a cataract. If you can't go to Belfast, shocking, That's shocking. Simple. Listen, have a happy Christmas, uh, uh, Michael. Patricia, to you and your listeners, the same back and uh, and to all you there in one o three of him. You've done a fantastic job um, in the last uh, twelve months, and, t- and a happy Christmas to all of you. And we'll talk in t- in twenty twenty. God bless. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. That is West Cork Dáil Deputy Michael Collins, and once again, we wish good health. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
to that lady who was taken from the bus and is in CUH. Hopefully she will make a full recovery. We were talking about hunting the wren. Michael in Passage West was on to say they go out hunting the wren. He does it with his friends Frick and Joe on St. Stephen's Day all around Passage West and they'll be out early from 10.30 in the morning. They raise money for local charities but they are looking this year for a guitarist to join them. So any guitarist in the Passage West area or will be willing to head to Passage West on St Stephen's Day for the day for Hunting the Wren. If so, can you call Michael please at 086 166 333 That's 086 C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College, now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie Full-time fence erectors wanted for North and West Cork area. You need to have good English and a full driver's licence. A childbinder wanted in Mornabi. It's to take care of two children aged 5 and 18 months, three days per week. And that's during the school term. A delivery driver wanted for a busy takeaway in Bantry. Again, full driver's licence essential. And a person wanted for general duties in storing power washing. A knowledge of operating a hoist would be an advantage. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, after going life-changing surgery in the America in the summer of 2018, little Mallow girl Anna Brown is fulfilling her dream to dance and is getting stronger and healthier every single passing day to update us on her progress and to remind us about this incredible story of courage and determination. I'm joined in studio by Anna along with her mum Evelyn. Good morning to you girls. You're very welcome to studio. Thanks. Good morning to you. Anna, the first thing I noticed when you walked in, you're getting taller and I believe you're doing Irish dancing. Yeah. Tell me how about the Irish dancing? Um, Well, I feel really good at it because it's just really it's easier now and I can I just I'm really happy that I'm able to do it now and who's teaching you Irish dancing um well I used to go to Irish dancing but I haven't went in a while but I've just been practicing at home Uh, by yourself so you put on some music and you know all the steps well I saw a little video clip of you and you and you were certainly looking really well and you're you're nine now isn't it yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want you did you do anything special for your birthday in October? I know you were rock climbing last year for it. Um I just I went um We were back with uh, Doctor Park. You just had myself and yeah, herself. You had to yeah. go back to so were you were you in America for we the We were birthday? flying. Oh you were flying. <laughs> okay, so you, yeah. you were you were on an aeroplane. And you still have to do physio. A lot of physio? Yeah. Is that tough? Sometimes. Not all the time. Okay, but you have to. But you know how important it is, and why you have to do it, and all of that. She's going straight to physio after this. Oh, are you? (laughs) And I have to say, this is where we wish we were on TV. Your um, your dress is in a Santa Claus suit. Kind of you're like Mrs. Claus, are you? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. And uh, mum is, uh, um, Evelyn is here with us. Are you amazed by her with every passing day? Yes, yeah, some days I don't see how much of a transformation we've had. But then just reality hits. Like we went to Santee in Cork City on Friday evening and we couldn't get parking. So we parked up by McCurtain Street and we walked right down to the Grand Parade, down to Glow. 
and I didn't it was when we were coming back to the car I just went oh god she done that like you know she did there was no complaints she kept up with everyone you know whereas, whereas before, before I'd would, have had yeah. to drop he my husband would have to drop me off with her then he go park yeah or we'd have had the wheelchair whereas now we've used the wheelchair in Dublin around the midterm for long journeys and that will always be part of our lives but very very minor at this and point. that's more because we get tired I we get it. tired yeah. yes not yeah. that we can't we can do everything but we wouldn't have the same endurance as other people okay explain why you had to go back to America in September um, around April or May last year Anna's right foot started to turn out and there's a second surgery that Anna might have needed but at the time she didn't and she she might still need it in the future so I was concerned that she might need it so I sent videos and to Dr Park and another doctor Dr Dobbs and to be fair like within 24 hours of sending these videos you get responses and they gave me as much information they could over the internet but there was um, concerns that like they couldn't really give me any more advice and there was another machine that they could try called an e-stim device that you put onto her leg to just stimulate muscle memory and it just gives her little shocks for all the world it's like a TENS machine Oh yeah. but they couldn't give me any advice on how to use that yeah. via email or phone calls so we were lucky um, as I said to you the last time we were very lucky with Anna's fundraising so we were in a position to go back to get first time information you had information. the money to be able to go I had the money yeah. so it's just myself and herself went back was that tough just the two of you on your own um, to be honest leaving Emma yes yeah but n- no, Emma knows I the big sister yeah, yeah. Emma, Emma is Anna's big sister but she was gone into sixth class and she didn't want to miss school and you yeah. have to respect that yeah um, yeah no, I wasn't nervous going over there Were this not? time at no, all, no. No, no. And we, then we, the reception we, you got when you went there, because yeah, you know everyone else. We this met stage. a lot of people the last time. And um, again, as I said to you from the, the interview that we done with yourself in Shannon Airport that morning, we were contacted by a Cork man living in Boston who was amazing to us, along with all the other people that we've met along the way. But he had made contact with people in St. Louis, um, a lady from Galway. And she's married to a guy who has family from Bonavent who loves to tell us he's from Cork and he has the most American accent. But they met us at the airport, so oh. I wasn't nervous going over there yeah. at all. And that family since have met numerous Irish families. Isn't it great? So this but to have that support on have, the ground. Yeah, I didn't is, feel yeah. nervous or... No, yeah. we hired a car and I was very nervous about that. We'd done the least amount of driving possible, but... <laughs> You're very brave yeah. to drive in the States. <laughs> yeah, I was just like very secure. Like the, the hospital is just amazing. And yeah. like... There's lots of Irish families, like everyone over there that's getting the surgery, they're all friends. So yeah. I was there on the other side that could be a support to people. Right. So that right. was good as well. And Anna, do you like going to America? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you like it? Yeah. And they're all very kind over there, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice. Did you do any of your Irish dancing for them, for the doctors? Um, no. No. No, no because the, we, we don't. The next week, time you go. She'd done a week visit over there at the time and oh. it's kind of since then that she really has turned oh, corners. Okay, all right. Well, the next time you go, you definitely yeah. go. And they've probably seen it on the internet anyway. I did. They did. Her, her, Dr. Parr commented on it. Did he? he oh, did. Well, there you go. There, there, there you go. And when I, when you look back over, and well done for you for putting things up on Facebook, the highs from this year, swimming. T- tell us about um, yeah, She's Anna's involved. Um, all her brothers and her sister are involved in Mallow Swan Swimming Club and okay. swimming is a huge part of their lives so obviously Anna wanted to follow suit with that and it's very hard to get into the local swimming club so um, she had trials last year and she got in so she's now in Signets 3 in Mallow Swans and she trains twice a week now I do think swimming has played a huge part in the turnaround in the past couple of months as well Um, it's it's tough I mean she's probably swimming on average 20 to 25 lengths in a session 
No, there's no major. Yeah, there's no major speed involved. That's a lot of swimming, yeah. Anna. So twice a week. Yeah. And again, that was we we went to a lot of swim lab. Do you love the swimming, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. And it's normal because it's something the rest of her siblings are doing. Yeah. So. And they're very good. And to again, work from a physio point of view, it's physio. It's two days incredible. a week. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I do think swimming has paid the yeah. biggest part. To be honest yeah. with you. And then the other, f- the, you do physiotherapy as well. We go home now today, and she's going to just she's going to go on the treadmill, and she's a bit upset that she has to do it in a Santi dress. Ouch. Yeah, but yeah. she knows she has to do it. That's yeah. the thing; it has to be part of your life, like. But it's not seven days a week like it was. It's probably two days swimming and two days physio at the yeah. moment. Like yeah. we have scaled back. We will be doing probably another intense physio course next year we're just waiting on confirmation of that but after that then things will be winding down but it's like normal life now like she's in her swimming hopefully as she gets stronger she'll get to dancing mm. like she did go dancing up in Grenada in um, the Irish dancing but it just upset me to watch where she was at so I kept her back until we get her stronger yeah well she's so, def- she's definitely going in the right direction yeah. and I know uh, Evelyn you as her mom uh, really soul searched about the operation was it the right thing to do was it the wrong thing to do but hand on heart now you you can have no regrets oh it is definitely the best thing we ever done but um, there's another lady that I I helped out recently I helped out with advice right because you'd like to be that's 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 the biggest thing that I can give to someone now. It's one of the hardest decisions that I definite that I made as a parent, right? And there was another lady from Galway and they're just back. He had surgery on the 18th of October and she was petrified because you've no support from doctors here. And uh, she sent me a video there recently of him. He struggled to go up the stairs. He's eight years of age, a mild case. And he's back now and he's running up the stairs without holding on. And she just said that was the hardest part, not being on your own if if we had support here from medical teams or doctors to just guide us that look these are these are the results these are they led us to believe that like your child could be paralyzed your child could be this your child could be that mm. like it was the, the hardest thing we've ever done but the best thing i've ever done but isn't it shocking that you had to go to the lengths that you had to go to? I mean, you had to bear your soul to go public to fundraise. I did. And to get know, the money, to put you on a plane, to, you know, to bring Anna halfway around the world. Well, that should be available here. Yeah. And it's not available here. It's available in the UK. And um, but the, the HSE here have to deem that your child is bad enough for it. And with health insurance, I had health insurance um I still needed some doctor here to tick that box and they wouldn't tick it. Yeah. So then my health insurance wouldn't pay for it. So we didn't have an option. When I look back, I actually horrified at what what I did do, what we did do. Um, but I would do it again in mm. a heartbeat. And and where would you be? Would you be? Would Anna now be getting close to being bad enough now to have the operation here? Is that where you'd be at? If no, I reckon. Pro- well, to be honest, like. I suppose at five, they didn't, no one here thought she had cerebral palsy and she was pretty bad at six. So I, do, I can't tell you how quick her progression would have been. Like, how She'd bad she... She'd be wheelchair-bound though. I reckon she would have done. Yeah. Like, she got up this morning and we were downstairs, myself and my husband, and I heard the shower going and she went off into the shower herself. Those little things she can do herself. I know. That any other parent of a nine-year-old is the normal thing, but you wouldn't have been. That was would not be happening. Yeah, we were at a coffee morning yesterday in Buin, and um, there was these ladies saying, "Oh my God, is that that Anna?" Because they were very good as well to us. And I was sitting down, and she just headed off out to the playground herself. Like before, we'd have someone standing behind her. I'm oh, terrified that she'd fall. Terrified yeah. that well, she would fall. Yeah, you know, it was guaranteed she would fall. So the independence that has given her, no, as I say, was probably the hardest things 
it nearly broke. It did practically break me. You saw me at some I stages. Listen, you, yeah. you, you, God help you. Used to break my heart every time you came in. You'd be so strong, and then suddenly you'd be just. But I would still, obviously, looking at her now, I would do it again. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Obviously, not putting your, making yourself so public, but people are just amazing, and it's the support you get is just fantastic. But what I'd like to say as well is. I've learned things along this journey. Well, I wish I never had to take this journey. I've learned things like you can give people. You don't you don't have to have an open checkbook to help someone in a difficult time. Sometimes it's just time yeah. that you can give someone. You can be there to listen to them. Like I'm there now and I'm, I'm helping like anyone that has any questions. Any, I'd meet them. You know, I drove to Limerick a few weeks ago to meet that lady from Galway. Yeah. I drove to Dublin. I saw the one, the little one with the Sophia. Happy oh, feet for Sophia. We're great friends with Sophia. Yeah. Sophia happened to be in America when we went back for physio. Where's Sophia from? Dundalk. Oh, she's Dundalk. Okay. Yeah, but they've been down to us twice now and we're going up over Christmas. Is she like, similar age to Anna? No, she's only five. Oh, she's only tiny. She's right. tiny, yeah. but she's doing really, really well as well. And and great for, for Sophia to but see they Anna. Connect. And, they connect. Yeah. They do, yeah. They yeah. connect. Like Sophia's mum was telling me that um, Sophia was upset one day doing physio and she said, I just wish I had Anna because Anna, Anna is my happy person. Uh, well done, Anna. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're helping as well, which is terrific. And it was just the absolute kindness of strangers and the generosity of strangers, including one, um, Pat uh, Fitzgerald. Mike uh, Fitzgerald. Mike Fitzgerald. Sorry, yeah. hi Patricia. Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, happy to hear Anne, uh, Anna well, and Edward on the program. She has a message for Mike. Best what, wishes what to you and happy you Christmas. What do you want to say to Mike? Go back down to do a dance someday. <laughs> back down to do a dance at the studios. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Mike would be only too happy to have you back down to do, to do a dance. So, what are the plans for Christmas? Have you written your letter to Santa Claus, Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what you're getting? Or? Um, I'm getting sponge for my doll, and I'm getting a gymnastics thing. I don't know what it's called. A gymnastics? <laughs> it's like something to help her with her stretches. Oh, great. Yeah, so, great. And she wants splints for her doll so her doll can have the same splints as her. Excellent. Excellent. That's terrific. That is that is uh, terrific. It's just, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm spellbound looking at her. She's taller. Was, she, she shot, did, did she shoot up her? Is she, that my imagination? No, she's got really, really tall. Yeah. But um, a lot of the kids after surgery, they do grow and it makes a lot of sense because if you ask a young child um, that's verbal, with cerebral palsy, they describe to you that it feels like their body is being pulled by elastics, that they're too tight. Mm. And I suppose when the elastic is cut, which is what Dr. Park does, they're free to grow. Yeah. And a lot of these kids, they do gain height like. Yeah. 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 And obviously pain is gone. and Pain is gone yeah. as well. And yeah. that's that, that, that is a huge one. So plans for your own Christmas? Are you just having a family Christmas? Have you? Yeah, well, we go to um, the nanas and grandas on Christmas morning. OK. And then Christmas they, my sister and her her husband and two kids they come to us every year okay so you're cooking yeah well she'll help everyone <laughs> helps yeah okay. alright well listen a happy Christmas <laughs> and um, thanks a million for both. everything well listen that's that's our pleasure and I'm always enough for, for, 20, for 2020 and we're so looking forward to seeing you <laughs> dance um, Anna listen thank you both for joining us in the studio thank you good morning to you bye bye connect with C103 on Twitter find all the latest news and sport and stay in touch with what's happening across Cork search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork 
Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And don't forget to keep your questions coming in for Annalise Drussell. She joins us in the next hour. Well done to Mwilin Wren boys who call to us every year for the last 20 years. I would like to help out myself. I feel this is so important for people to come out and help for this very good day. And that's from John in Newmarket. And that really is what the Wren boys is all about. It's about going out and enjoying yourselves, but money is raised for local charities. But it's about getting involved and getting involved in the community. I mean, even listening to Evelyn and his mum talking about it isn't always about being able to give huge sums of money when, you know, there's a fundraiser. Sometimes it's just giving you time and just that being that listening ear uh, as well. And uh, a lot of people saying uh, saying what a, what a credit Anna is to her family and uh, people saying well done to Evelyn and wishing the Browns a very happy Christmas. Yeah, it's one of those lovely stories that would just, it's heartwarming just to see the difference between that little girl walking in so, so confidently walking into the studio and the first day when she struggled in and, and she walked in the first day, she did want to come in in a wheelchair. Um, this was before when the fundraising was getting underway and it's just, and it was heartbreaking to see this little girl and you could see with every step that she was in pain as well and to see the confidence of her now, it, 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 is, it is great. Onwards and upwards uh, to Anna is all I can say. Now, I wanted to take a look at some local publications. We were talking about a self, the self-published book earlier, earlier on, the murder book from North Cork. There's another book that's self-published every year and it is self-published by the members of the Mallow Archaeological and Historical Society and they have brought up, out the Mallow Field Club Journal and it is journal number 37, would you believe? Priced at 15 euro and it is on sale in local book shops. Hard to believe that's going to be going now for 37 years. And I'm assuming there's probably some families have can boast of the fact they've got every single one of the journals. It's almost come like a collector's piece at this stage. So I had a look through this year's Mallowfield Club uh, journal. There's a really good article on the life and times of Dr. Vincent O'Brien. You know, Vincent O'Brien, the well-known horse trainer and of course his connection. He was born in Churchtown. So that's included in the book. And a chapter I really enjoyed and loved looking at the pictures was Developing Donnerell Park. It was written by Seamus Crowley. Now Seamus Crowley was appointed forester in charge in 1978 with the remit of restoring the park, which was very dilapidated at the time. Now, if like me, you're a fan of Donnerill Park, you know what a wonderful park it is. So well done to Seamus Crowley for taking that job on in 1978. And by God, has he turned it around. And there's a great, great photograph showing the success. Like there's a picture of the stone bridge before and after, literally unrecognisable. The timber bridge, unrecognisable. It really is. It's it's a fabulous, fabulous chapter and, and great to read about Donnerill Park. And then there's a great piece by Billy Nine. Oh, this is good. This was Billy Nine looking at extracts from newspapers a hundred years ago. So going back to 1919, some of these I think are quite interesting. Let me find the, I should have had a marker. I did have a marker on the page, didn't I? Okay. These were 100 years ago, ex- extracts from newspapers in 1919 and in particular uh, the Cork Examiner, obviously. So the Cork Examiner on the 
Uh, let, me, let me give me one here. The January the 2nd, 1919 destruction, fire in Mallow. Considerable damage was done by a fire at Mr. R. Burroughs Sawmills Mallow this morning. The outbreak, which, outbreak, which is said to have originated in the engine house, was discovered at 7am, but the premises was then burning fiercely. The Urban Council staff with hoses and standpipe were promptly on the scene and assisted by the police and other willing hands got the fire under control but not before the building containing the engines and the machinery. A large quantity of coal, prepared and other timber tools, etc. were destroyed, the value of which cannot at present be estimated. And then one from February of 1919. And the headline on this is Sinn Féiners arrested at Mallow. Two young men named Owen Harold Bank Place and James Murphy, Fair Street were yesterday and then in brackets Monday morning arrested at their respective places of abode and were later on brought before Mr J A Hardy RM at the police barracks on a charge of illegally drilling. Mr J Smith DI prosecuted and evidence was given by Sergeant McGill and Private Kennedy. Defendants were ordered to enter into reconnaissance or in default to go to jail for a month. Murphy gave bail and Harold refused. Paul Owen Harold refused from Bank Place and he was taken into uh, custody. And then one other one from the Cork Examiner, March the 1st, 1919. This is a gentleman's residence. One mile from Mallow Rail Station for sale by private treaty. Charming bungalow. Wait for this. Three sitting rooms, six bedrooms, two servants' rooms, bathroom, etc. Suitable out offices. 10 acres under all full particulars from NF Davin auctioneer in Mallow. Now it just it doesn't say unfortunately how much it was going up for for uh, sale but it, it's just I could read them all day. I love looking back at historical pieces. Was the one other piece I wanted to uh, bring to you. This was the Cork Examiner December the 6th 1916 as a going concern by public auction on Monday the 15th of December D.B. Sullivan has received instructions from Mrs. Lizzie McAuliffe to sell by public auction her valuable interest in the licensed premises known as the Park House Bridge Street Mallow held at the very low yearly rent of £8. It'll be sold as a going concern which includes stock and trade, shop fittings, household furnitures, etc. It's a very good business centre. Sale on the premises at 2 o'clock and the sale goes ahead on 2 o'clock on Monday the 15th. And then the final one is the Irish, this was from the Irish Bulletin on December the 5th, 1919. Armed assaults. When English troops who had been brought from Kilworth Camp, County Cork, reached Mallow Station, they proceeded to wreck everything breakable. Automatic machines containing sweetmeats etc were broken apart and their contents stolen. Waiting rooms at the station were completely wrecked. It's the fourth occasion upon which organised sabotage by English troops had occurred within the last three months. The dirty rats. And that happened on the 5th of December in 1919. All contained in the very latest edition of the Mallow Field Club Journal. It is well, well worth a read. And there are two other um, festive publications 
publications that I want to give a mention to. I'm taking a quick look at time. Do I have time? I do. One is, these are in the same vein as the Holly Bell. One is from the Avenue newspaper. This is gorgeous. It's priced at three uh, euro. And it's a big, as I say, very similar to the Holly Bell. And it's got Jamie Flaherty, for example, uh, is writing about Mitchellstown, biggest success story of 2019, which was the creation of St. George's Arts and Heritage Centre with a gorgeous picture of Bill Power up the belfry. It's, it's fabulous uh, picture. Uh, for Moy, local radio is remembered in an article by Emily Ahern. That ran for three years. I was unaware of this. It ran for three years back in the 1970s. Donal O'Keefe has an interview with Bosco that I have to say made me smile. I just love Bosco. I don't know what it is about it. 75 years of Mock with a Pharma is remembered with fantastic photographs. If you were ever in Makra in the Avenue region, go take a look at the pictures, see if you can spot yourself. There's the Christmas quiz that'll keep the whole family entertained and then the sporting memories through photographs from 30 years ago in uh, 1989 and I just love in any of these publications looking through the photographs it really is terrific to try to see if you can spot people you know. You know. So that's the Avenue. It's called By the Fireside uh, an Avenue Christmas and it is on sale. And then in West Cork, the West Cork, the opinion, their Christmas annual for 2019 is a thumping great read, as it always is, edited uh, as always by Eddie Gargan. Gay Byrne is remembered in an interview that he did with the opinion five years ago, remembering the Christmases of his childhood and during his working life. That's a lovely, lovely read. Balanadee's Efo Sullivan, she looks back on 2019, her year as Miss Ireland. And then it's full of photographs from times past including there's a great photograph of a first Holy Communion photograph from the early 60s in Ahiol with four sets of twins it's just a beautiful beautiful photograph and the first stretch of the West Cork railway line is remembered as 170 years ago in 1849 between Bandon and Ballinhasic and how many times on this programme do we bemoan the fact that the West Cork railway line is gone so it that's, that's remembered in the opinion. And then a really good review of the, of the year at the, at the end of the book starts with Brian Crowley. Remember Brian Crowley back in January announcing he was retiring from politics and he wouldn't stand for the European elections. And then a note coming towards the end of the year in review in September, you have Jim Daly doing pretty much the same thing. And I don't know at the start of the year in January when we were talking about Brian Crowley stepping back from politics, would we have said we'd close the year with a second uh, politician in the form of Jim Daly. So that's another great, great uh, read. That is the opinion, their Christmas annual for 2019 and that is on sale locally as well priced at €4.95 uh, and I have yet to see but I must get my hands on a copy on Stephen Murphy has brought out another one of his brilliant brilliant books of photographs Stephen Murphy is the photographer with the Mallow Star and he brings out these brilliant books where he takes a block of time and he puts loads of his photographs into it from that block of time and this is as far as I know it's from the year 2000 to 2009 it's the noughties um, and I've heard people talk about it and it sounds I just I need to get out and get it 
on hoping that they're not all sold out yet but it's meant to be fantastic and it is one of those books again that you'll sit down particularly Christmas if you've got loved, one home, loved ones home where you sit down and look back and remember all the photographs and spot people you know see if you're in it yourself see if your family members are, are in it and it just bring, brings back memories um, of um, uh, from uh, in this particular time from 2000 up to 2009 so good luck to Stephen Murphy with his book as well uh, 1853 33103. Bernie's taking your calls. Don't forget, we're accepting your questions for Annalise as well. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Thanks to Jim Leahy from Nahini, who actually popped into the radio station to tell us he's had both cataract operations done in Belfast in the past two years and he is extremely grateful to Deputy Michael Collins for all of his help and he actually drove here to the radio station because he said both of his cataract operations done. If he was still on a waiting list waiting for those operations, he wouldn't be driving today. So he continues to have his independence and is behind the wheel. So thank you, Jim. We appreciate you popping out to tell us that. And Michael in Castletown Bear was on to say, did we know that Kingsbridge Hospital in Belfast, and that's where the people go for their cataract operations, that they've actually opened a hospital in Sligo. So Michael asked them, could he go to Sligo to have the procedure done? But they said no. The patients from Belfast and from Northern Ireland go to Sligo to get the treatment because it's all done under the cross-border initiative. So obviously what was happening in Belfast, they were having patients saying, can we have the eye procedure, i.e. the cataracts, or the hip replacement, or the knee replacement, can we have it done in the same way that you're dealing with patients from the South in that we can claim it back. In their cases in Northern Ireland, they'd be claiming their money back from the NHS. But of course, you can't. You have to go across the border. The procedure has to take place in another European country. It's an EU cross-border initiative. I mean, you don't have to go to Belfast to have the procedure if you could find a hospital that would do you in any European country. Now, what's going to... We're still a little bit up in the air as to what's going to happen with Brexit. Because obviously, after England, the United Kingdom leave, Northern Ireland will be out of the EU. So I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the cross-border initiative. I know initially when we were speculating about a hard Brexit, would Brexit happen? Soft Brexit? Would there be a deal? There was talks that, oh no, that's not going to be affected. And then others were saying, yes, it will be affected. It is an EU decision. I mean, it's an EU directive that states if you need a procedure and you can't get it in your own country and you can find another EU member country that will do the procedure for you, then you can go and have it done there. And then your local, you know, NHS for England, the HSC for us here in Ireland, whatever the equivalent is in Spain and in France and Germany, they must pay then uh, they pay you back. You must pay for the procedure yourself, though. You must go find the hospital. There are always private hospitals. Arrange the price for it and then they, you get the money back from the HSC. So that's where the Michael Collins was explaining how the Credit Union have stepped in and they act like kind of like a bridging loan because not everybody has that kind of money. Some people would have it in savings so they'd be able to dip into their savings and then get it back from the HSC. But not everybody has that kind of money so they certainly the credit unions have been great but obviously there are elderly people in Northern Ireland who need cataract operations now I don't know what the waiting list is like for cataract operation on the NHS but it obviously is lengthy if this King's Hospital in Belfast have decided we'll open a hospital in Sligo just so that we can get patients from Northern Ireland across the border 
into Sligo, have the procedure done and they can claim their money back in the same way. But yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it, Michael, if the people in the south could pop into the Sligo hospital but you can't that's not how it works unfortunately that's not how the computer would simply say no to you 1850 thank you for your call and, and indeed uh, happy Christmas to you and thank you to people who are taking the time to send Christmas greetings uh, to us apologies if we don't get to all of your Christmas greetings Dermot Kelleher was on from the West Cork Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association Christmas greetings to you Dermot and also thank you to people who've been very kind in sending in sweets and biscuits to us here at the Red station and sending in beautiful Christmas cards certainly can't get around to all of the Christmas cards but some just to give a mention thank you to our own Joe Heffernan and his lovely wife Mary sending chocolates into us all here at C103 we appreciate them and then I had a lovely car lovely letter with a cheque attached from a couple who don't want their names mentioned on air that is fine and they've sent in a very kind donation they're from the I'll just say the new market area just to say that arrives safe and sound and a kind donation that they want me to split between the work that I do with families in Belarus and they also want me to divide it to give it's a, a cheque for 200 euro it's a sizable donation uh, they want to give 100 euro to the family whose house went on fire the other day I will organise that for you but thank you that is very very kind of you and I wish you a very happy and a peaceful Christmas and all the best for 2020 and a lovely card arrived a little homemade a love, little gorgeous little homemade card with Harry Potter on the front of it under a Christmas tree have a splendiferous Christmas from Bandon and it's from the Save the the taste of Bandon, the the wonderful festival that happens around Halloween every year, Banshee Food and Family Fest, and they've actually got a note in telling me to save the date because they're running it again next year, the thirtieth to the thirty first. Those two dates in uh, Bandon with a note saying we're going to do it all over again. It was Margarita wishing us all a happy Christmas and indeed happy Christmas to everybody involved in the Taste of Bandon. They do an awful lot of work and a lovely mass bouquet. Thank you for this from Phyllis. Thank you, Phyllis. I can do with all the prayers. Believe me, so I appreciate that. Thank you for it. And I've had a lovely email this morning from Susan Conway, who joined us on the programme last week or the week before, was it? Uh, Susan is the teacher at the Junior Autism class in Bunskull Vira in York. And we brought Susan onto the programme because we had discovered that the autism class, they had made a little movie. And instead of showing it on the whiteboard for the parents to see, they had managed to get a a movie premiere showing in the local Regal Cinema in Yall and it was a big gala night out by all accounts and she said it's a lovely email just in just to say how well the night went and just what it meant to the children and to their you know their parents and their brothers and sisters and no doubt there was very proud granny and granddads in the audience uh, as well With, and she sent me on some beautiful photographs and they really made it look you know they set up the cinema beautifully as you would like big red carpeted affairs you would do for the premiere of a mo- movie it really is quite exciting but well done to Susan Conway who's the teacher in that classroom who is by all accounts doing the most amazing work and I know she won't you know she'll probably be all shy going oh god no I want to get any the credit it's the children it's their parents and it's the special needs assistance but it goes down to a caring kind teacher like Susan Conway who can see potential in the children on the autism spectrum that she teaches and realises that unlike other children who put on a nativity play and all the mammies and daddies come along and we all love going to those school plays for her very special boys and girls 
having to do an event like that. It's just not possible to do it live because you, you just don't know what way the children are going to react to it. So she came up with this wonderful idea of filming them instead and videotaping it. And it took many, many weeks and months to get it together. And then they've got to edit it. And then it got made into a little movie. And then she goes along to the cinema and said, any chance that you'd let us show it in the cinema? And the good people, they are the good people of the Regal Cinema. And you all said, absolutely, come on board, folks. And they had this very special premise you're showing last uh, Monday night and it's looked like it was fantastic. So well done to all the boys and girls in the junior autism class in Bunskull, Vuera and a happy Christmas to them all but especially to their fantastic teacher Susan Conway. Long may she continue uh, to teach. Okay and I've had an email in from Michael and Chrissy O'Mahony saying hi Patricia just want to if you have a minute, please, would you be able to give a mention over the next couple of days to the Christmas lights display at the home of Michael and Chrissy O'Mahony of Kilbarry West in Domanway? Once again, up and running every night until the 6th of January. This year's display is dedicated to Michael and Chrissy's friends, Mary and Tom Forbes of Cloda in Drimaligue, who sadly passed away on the same day, August the 24th uh, last, at Bantry General Hospital. There's something really special about a married couple passing away on the same day. I know Tommy Fleming, the singer, his parents, they died on the same day as well. There's just something really heartbreaking for those that are left behind, but I think special for for the couple themselves. Anyway, so they're going to be... The lights this year are being dedicated in their mem- memory and the funds raised this year will be given to the palliative care rooms at Bantry Hospital and to the wonderful co-action in Dunmanway. Chrissy and Michael would really appreciate any support for what are two great causes and they look forward to welcoming many visitors over the festive season. So head on to down to see Michael and Chrissy O'Mahony's Kilbarry West in Dunmanway and I'm sure local people know exactly where the house is don't know if there's signage up for people who might be I don't know if people travel around the countryside to look at some of these houses some of these houses are absolutely stunning the displays but I've even noticed even driving around neighbourhoods you know small neighbourhoods we're getting more and more into decorating our houses. We certainly are going before, I mean, maybe 20, 30 years ago, we would have been looking at America and how they decorated their houses and say, oh no, we'd never do that. You know, you might have a candle in the window might be the most, or you know, the candles that are on the, the five candles that are on the kind of the stem in the window. That might have been the most you put in, but certainly people are going to huge amount of effort to decorate their house. And I love it. I think there's something, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, not everybody likes this, but I do, I have to say. It, it cheers me up when I'm driving around in on a dark evening to see so many houses illuminated. So well done to the people that are doing it for charity, but well done to Michael and Chrissy O'Mahony. We hope you have a very, very successful fundraising year by lighting up your house. And the house remains lit until the 6th of January. Um, 1850 If anybody else knows of houses that are lit up like that, that and they're doing it for charity, let us know so that we can give them a mention. And we are still uh, putting the shout out and looking for anybody who is taking part in the Wren, the Wren boys, Get your messages in to us today or tomorrow. I'm back on air tomorrow as well. I'd love to give as many shout outs as we can because they're 
involved those REM boys are doing it for charities it's, it's, they fundraise they raise a lot of money for local charities in the area and John and Kay McCombs says Patricia wish Bill O'Connell a very happy 90th birthday on Christmas Day and thank him for all the laughter he has given people over the years is it his 90th this year yeah and Bill who for so many years gave up Christmas after Christmas after Christmas because of course he was the star of the Pantos in Cork and of course his birthday is on uh, Christmas Day so happy birthday Stay to you, Billa. Great, great at man. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Blood Transfusion Board are holding donor clinics in the Middleton Park Hotel. That is happening uh, today, 3 to 5 in the afternoon. And again, 7 to 9 tonight are the City Centre Clinic at St. Vimber's Hospital. They're open from half past 3 to half past uh, 7. And Kinsale and District Lions Club, they're holding their Christmas Day swim in aid of local charities. It's a great time to catch up with friends and family, even if you're not brave enough to take part. And the Christmas Day swim in Court McSherry takes place Broad Strand, 12 noon. Proceeds in aid of Cope and Cystic Fibrosis, Cystic Fibrosis Children's Ward and CUH. Mallow Athletic Club are hosting a goal mile on Christmas Day in Donware Park, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Money's raised will help provide food, water, sanitation and healthcare, making a vital difference in the lives of the people that goal support. Dunmanway Christmas Swim Group, they've got their 21st annual Christmas Day Swim at Inchidani, half past 10 in the car park beyond the exit. The swim is at 11am sharp, all proceeds going to Dunmanway Cancer Care Unit at CUH. And Skibbereen Christmas Day Swim is at 12 noon at Tregumna. Fancy dress is optional. Proceeds in aid of the special classes at St. Joseph's and St. Patrick's National School. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103 And Kathleen in Cork City was on to the comment line uh, to say we should also remember the animals at Christmas time. Feed the strays. And don't forget to feed the birds, says uh, Kathleen. Let me stay on the animal theme because we have been contacted about a very special little dog that was found, I'm told, in the Upton Naka Villa uh, area earlier this month. And joining me with more details to see if we can find out who owns this dog, I'm joined by Ellie O'Shea from the Munster Lost and Found uh, Helpline. Uh, good afternoon to you, Ellie. Hello there. Um, you're, now tell us about this dog. I, um, he was found it's, it, up to Naka Villa area, was it? Well, he was Barry's Cross near Cross Barry okay. on December 9th. He is blind, but like most little blind dogs, he's strong and determined. And uh, what concerns us, he's been with one of our wonderful fosterers, Shirley, all this time. And she's convinced he's either owned or has been owned. It's possible that the owner's passed on and sadly the relatives um, aren't too worried about the pets. Oh, please don't say that. (laughs) That happens quite often. But describe look, look, describe the dog. Has, have, have we name? Is he a name? No, no. Um, I, I think Shirley's given him a name, but okay. I'm not privy to that. Okay, describe he's him. Lovely, he's lovely. He's medium sized. He might be a Cairn Patterdale cross. Okay, we think there's definitely some Cairn in him. He's small to medium. He likes girls. He's never saucy, but he was taken. We had a fundraiser Saturday where the kids and mums and dads could bring uh, the pets along 
and they will photograph with Santa and the reindeer. And if people want to look at him, he's either going to be up or is already up on our Facebook page with Santa. Um, everybody's mad about him. And he is completely blind, Ellie. He's blind. Yeah. He's not neutered and he's not potty trained. Um, but if no one claims him in a few weeks, we'll get him neutered and go about finding him a forever home. Is he an um, elderly dog? No, we don't think so. Probably a medium age. Okay. But he could have travelled because if you walk him, he's very strong and determined, even though he's blind. And he's high energy, so he could have travelled quite a few miles. Now, um, our, our, our foster has put up posters, Cross Barry in the Shannon abandoned, abandoned. Um, but we've had no joy at all. But occasionally we'll get a dog and we're so convinced they have been loved. He's wonderful with our foster, Shirley's dogs. Yeah. He was wonderful with Santa and the reindeer and all the other dogs and pets that came up. So um, it's just sad. Because so when you, when you him. say he's not house trained, that would lead he, you to believe he was an outdoor, he's, he's an outdoor dog. Or, or mainly an outdoor dog. Okay. Um, which we, we don't frown upon, but we obviously are much happier when they're indoor-outdoor. Yeah, yeah. But the fact he's not potty-trained, it could be stress, but it could also be... he. But he was in good condition. He wasn't neglected. Healthy um, other than he has no sight. Yes. And we don't adopt anything out without a full health check and a neutering and vaccinations and everything. And would and the every- vet be of the belief that he was born, this dog was born blind? Doesn't know. Doesn't okay. know. See, I only had one blind dog, and that was my Charlie, because he was diabetic. Uh, but okay. he managed, I can't tell you how well that little dog managed, so long as I didn't move the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> they do, um, they, they they compensate as well. They'll use oh, hearing and, and scent and, and taste. and Everything, and So um, I I'm, I'm, would be really saddened to think that it was a much-loved pet of an, of an oh, elderly person who's maybe gone break, into a nursing home or has passed away. Heart. Or has Alzheimer's. Oh, it's dreadful. And it, it, no, it tears us a bit, honestly. Um, but we're not giving up on the little fella. Okay, okay. Um, but because he'll be quite safe if, if he's never claimed. And once he's neutered, we think we can train him with the um, potty, what have you. But he is strong and determined, so he'd have to be with someone who could hang on to a lead. Okay. Um, but uh, he's a delightful little dog. And and he was lovely with Santa and the reindeer and everything. Okay, um, so people can go to the Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline. Pet helpline. Is that you said helpline? It's Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline. Pet Helpline, um, I We're open all over Christmas. Okay. So if anybody loses or finds an animal, or if an animal gets run over or clipped by a car, just to call me. And um, uh, they're not to feel alone. We'll do everything we can. We've got, in the last three years, just under 2,000 pets back with their owners. Goodness me. So, um, Goodness we're me. very, and very mic- busy. But Ellie, microchipping, so important, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. If this dog was microchipped... He'd be home it, now. It, it's not just the microchipping. It's keeping... It's having it registered correctly. Some people get a dog from a breeder which is microchipped and they think that's the answer. But we call the breeders and the breeders by that time have no idea what dog we're talking about or cat. So it's vital, the neutering and spaying, because we need no more abandoned puppies and kittens, um, but the microchip, but also the 
it's only about six, seven euros, an identity tag with their phone number on, because that way they're literally just a phone call away from home. Um, yeah. And it would just, gosh, it would make our life easier. Um, and uh, But a lot of people think it's never happened, so it's not going to happen. I know, I know. Uh, that's that's gosh, it. It'll, it'll, it'll never <laughs> happen to me. But as you say, the dog, uh, dogs can travel. Someone said they check for microchips. Absolutely, oh. they have. Dogs can travel a great distance. So while this dog was found in the Cross Barry area, he... He could have come from yeah. anywhere because yeah. he's so high energy. Um, and if they're spooked, you know, if they, you know what it's like if they hear thunder, they can go for miles. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, well, okay. He's a lovely fella. It would be lovely. Um, well, and, and regardless, it'll, it, you'll find him a forever home somehow. Oh, yes. And that's but the important thing. We'd love thing. to reunite him. And we've had, oh gosh, 300, over 300 shares. A lot of people are rooting for this little fella. <laughs> He's a sweet um, dog. If, He's a sweet if, dog. If they want to see photos of him with Santa behaving very well, uh, they can go to our Facebook page. Okay. All right, Ellie, I hope you don't have too busy a Christmas, but uh, continue, no, continue the be, great work that you do. Well, it'll be busy after Christmas when everyone decides they don't want a puppy. I know, um, I know. But my love, do give my phone number out because I will be here. Um... And if not me, it'll be referred on to Lindsay, who runs the charity with me. OK, 085, I can give out the number, 085-850-4343. Yeah. 085-850-4343. Munster Lost and Found yeah. Pets Helpline. Listen, Ellie, happy Christmas to you and thanks and for joining you, us. And thank you for letting us share that with you. That's ah, our pleasure. God bless. Mind okay, yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Ellie O'Shea there. Thank you, Ellie. 1850 Jim says, hi, Patricia. I've got a lot of old encyclopedia and other books that I want to dispose of. I'd hate to put them in the skip. Oh, God, Jim, don't put them in the skip. Hate to see books being thrown away. Is there any place for organisation that would have use for them? Now I don't, unfortunately, because it came in as a text message, so I don't know where Jim is texting from. What I would suggest that you do, Jim, maybe not this side of Christmas, after Christmas, go into any of the local charity shops in your area. Lots of charity shops will have a very dedicated book section. They'd be delighted to see you coming with books and old. I actually we I have the Encyclopedia, the Britannica, really old set from the 1960s they would have been the ones that I would have grown up with at home I've somehow managed to inherit them I don't know how they've ended up in in my house I mean they're old musty books now but I could never throw those books away I really couldn't they were the internet of the day uh, certainly but I don't know does anybody use encyclopedias anymore I I don't know and I wonder could they go could they be shipped overseas could they be used or is everybody now doing everything online I don't know but I certainly would go into a local charity shop Jim please don't put them into a skip uh, for sure somebody hopefully will get use from them OK we need to take a break Annalise Trussell joins us for our final nutritional slot for 2019 I see a lot of questions have already come in Bernie's taking the calls at 1850 you can text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And Annalise Russell from the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, joining us for our last nutritional slot for 2019. Uh, good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, and, Patricia. And you are welcome. And lots of people in with uh, questions. Uh, firstly, this. Colds and flus that are doing the rounds at the moment. General advice for people to try to get over it because nobody wants to be sick for Christmas. Well, I always think prevention is better than cure and there is a lot of very, very lethal viruses around at the moment. I know people who have even come down with the flu twice. 
Um, and it seems to be a pretty bad one with very high temperatures and feeling very, very weak and sick. So I think the best thing to do is make sure you don't get it. So prime your immune system. Um, that would mean taking a vitamin C and zinc tablet. You'll get them in any health shop or even pharmacies actually will do a nice vitamin C and zinc tablet together. Always this time of the year, vitamin D, I always think from clock change to clock change. And it plays a huge part in keeping our immune systems fighting fit. And then if you're prone to kind of getting chest infections, I would take something like um, either Ivy and Thyme um, or the Dr. Delish Clare Mucotone. Um, and you can take it once a day as a preventative and you can take it three times a day for treatment. So if you're feeling that you're coming down with something, take the vitamin C and zinc three times a day, the Ivy and Thyme or else the um, Dr. Delish Clare Mucotone three times a day and try and get into bed for a good sleep because honestly sleep is one of the best things for um, the immune system function as well. If you have a very bad cough and um, you want something to kind of help shift mucus out of the chest, but also soothe an irritating cough. You can't beat the Comvita uh, Winter Wellness cough bottle. So it's a blend of things like propolis, um, a eucalyptus, carrageen that'll help get up with that old mucus out of your chest, um, and manuka, um, the manuka honey as well is great for soothing. So that's a great one if you've got a very tickly cough. And when I get a tickly cough like that, rather than follow the directions where it says take two teaspoons a day, I actually would just take a little sip every time I get a coughing fit. And it kind of prevents you getting into that horrible sort of dry coughing fit. And at least you prevent the muscles getting sore, you know, your your throat getting very sore from all the coughing. Okay, because it's just, you say, there's just so much of it doing the rounds at the moment. Okay, into questions for Annalise. Could you ask Annalise, what would you recommend for somebody who is low in vitamin D? Is there an alternative to taking tablets? There are. There's um, three different ways that you can take vitamin D at the moment from a health shop. One is tablets or capsules. The other is a spray that you spray onto the inside of your cheek. And the third is liquid drops that you could pop into a drink um, of juice or something like that. So whatever is the most suitable or the most convenient for you is what I would go with. Um, A thousand units is generally enough for somebody. But if you've been shown as being very low, I'd go for a higher dose, maybe 3000 units a day. And do that for a month and then go back down to a thousand I use for your maintenance. Um, and vitamin D is so important as well for the mood in the wintertime, Patricia, for people who get the winter blues. And they've only started testing the vitamin D in people's blood of recent years. It's quite an expensive test to do, so you nearly always have to request it from the doctor. Um, but generally, either you could either go um, and have it tested at the end of the, um, the summer, sort of around October, and that'll give you an idea then if your stores are low of what you should be taking to keep it topped up. Or if you want, you could get it tested while you're taking a supplement of a 1,000 IU and that'll tell whether it's enough for you throughout the winter months or not. And keep taking it up until April, May um, of the following year because we only get vitamin D from the sun. Our animals are kept indoors, so you know, um, the animals would have gotten a lot of vitamin D from being outdoors in the past and would have gone into the fat component of milk and cheese and eggs, but now they're all indoors in the winter, so we don't get any. Okay, here's an interesting one from Pat. Now, I'm assuming he's got adequate heating and blankets and everything on the bed. He said, uh, I'm a male, 57 years of age. At night when I go to bed, I feel warm. But as the night goes on, I end up getting very cold. And I've put on more bedclothes and all of that, but nothing seems to be working. Why would your temperature drop so that you end up feeling cold? 
Um, I well, like our temperature will drop a little bit, Patricia, when we sleep anyway. Um, it generally can go down by a degree, and we kind of maintain a, a slightly lower temperature at night anyway. Um, I, I'm not sure of any physiological reason. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, we you know it's practical, I suppose, that when you're moving, you, your body heats up. So maybe he's just not tossing and turning at all in the bed. Maybe he's staying in a very um, single position, so there's no movement whatsoever. I think probably he might need to um, bring a hot water bottle to bed with yeah. him. Or you can you can things. get electric blankets that stay on as well, can't you? Isn't there? Isn't you there? can yeah. absolutely. I'm a yeah. big fan of the hot water bottle, though. Patricia, Are you? Because, you know, I because I suppose it's, I feel it's a natural heat and there's no dangers associated yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, Plus, as well, it kind of cools naturally at night. And I think you're when you're asleep, your body will either push it away if it's feeling a bit hot, or you'll kind of pull it to towards you if you're starting to cool down in your sleep. Um, and it's a very comforting thing as well, a hot water bottle in bed at night. Um, circulation issues, I suppose, Patricia, but the fact that he's warm throughout the day, it doesn't seem to be that. So I think try those. those yeah, and see, see how, you, how you get on. Um, I'd like to wish Annalise all the very best for Christmas and for, ah. for 2020. Thank you for that, says Catherine. I'm, I'm type 2 diabetes. I sometimes have chocolate or cake and then I end up with a, round, a few rounds of diarrhoea uh, because of it. Any tips at this time just to get me through this time of year, says Catherine. Okay, so, I mean, that's actually a separate issue in a way because it's a real case of not being able to process the sugar and or possibly the dairy element of chocolate. I'm not sure, really. I'd probably need a little more information. But generally, if you are overindulging this time of the year and if it causes a bit of diarrhea, it might be worth taking two things. The first thing is something called Alflurex, which is um, a probiotic made here in Cork. Now, it's a pricier one than normal, but um, it has been shown in a lot of clinical studies to help, you know, the IBS. And in my experience, particularly people with IBS diarrhea. So that might be worth taking for the month. The second thing that's very good to take is the Lepicol. It's spelled L-E-P-I-C-O-L. That's the product name. And you're looking for the red one. And the red one has a combination of psyllium husk, which is great to kind of bring form to a loose stool, but it's also very good to soften a hard stool. So it's beneficial for both people who suffer from constipation or from diarrhea. And in the red one, you also get some digestive enzymes, which will help you break down your food. This time of the year, that's great when we tend to be eating a lot more sugary and fatty foods. And there's also some probiotics in that one that are good for the gut as well. Okay, here's a poor man who sounds really miserable. Hi, my husband's had a pretty bad few weeks with his tummy. So much acid, gas and wind. Feels full after very little food. Sometimes not eating at all because he's nervous of the after effects. Now he has gone for tests and it's shown some inflammation but nothing too serious. Things to, things though get worse when he's in bed. Any advice uh, would be so welcome and I love you slot Annalise with Patricia every week wishing you all a happy Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. So I'd say a couple of things here Patricia. It sounds I nearly always divide the, the digestive system up into three bits. The bit from the stomach up, which is where you get the heartburn. The stomach itself, where you're getting digestion or lack of digestion and um, absorption. And then the very end, the colon, where you've got the bacteria. And it sounds to me like there's a problem in from the stomach up and also from the stomach down as far as the colon there. So I would take something like Slippery Elm for the heartburn to start off with. Slippery Elm, probably best to take it in capsules. It's a very gloopy kind of substance. And actually what it does is it coats the whole 
esophagus and it also coats the lining of the stomach with this thick mucilage and it protects it from stomach acid. So I would definitely start on that straight away. Take the capsules because it's very hard to get that gloopy stuff into you. And the idea is that you take it about 20 minutes before you eat and then the coating will be there when the stomach acid is released once you start eating. The second thing that might be beneficial would be a digestive enzyme just to help break down the food a little bit more efficiently so it's not um, causing as much nausea and stomach upset. And then the very last thing I'd recommend there would be um, something possibly like L-glutamine. It's a very, actually, you know, there's a very good product if you can get your, there's two products, but if you can get your hands on it in the health shop, they're worth a try. One of them is a company called Nature's Plus and it's called GI Natural Wellness. And the other one is Biocare Permatrol. I'll spell that one, P-E-R-M-A-T-R-O-L. And those two products are combinations of things like L-glutamine, gamma arisenol, lots of things that are very soothing and healing for any inflammation in the stomach from the stomach downwards. So a combination of the slippery arm for the top half, um, digestive enzymes for the stomach bit, and the GI natural by Nature's Plus are the BioCare Permatrol for the gut healing. Okay, good luck there. And this, um, I'm assuming, is there's a lot of stomach bugs doing the rounds as well. I've heard of more people down with either that fluey type thing that the virus is doing the round or stomach bugs. It's either one or the other. Uh, hi, I got up this morning feeling a little bit weak. I did have my breakfast, but got sick almost immediately afterwards. What would you, what would Annalise suggest I should take? Yeah, so I think if it is a stomach bug related one, basically that is a bacteria that's got a hold in your gut and is disrupting the whole thing. So the first thing I would start with is a probiotic, maybe something like BioCult, and start taking that maybe every hour to hour and a half and get the good bacteria fighting for you in your gut. The other thing that can work very well is um, is the grapefruit seed extract. It's a really powerful natural antifungal, antiviral and antibacterial in fact, I'm going away on Halls, Patricia, to Mexico, and that's the one thing I will take, and I'll take it every day, and it'll prevent any nasties in the water or food taking a hold and giving me a stomach bug. So um, you, the, the brand name of that is the Higher Nature Citricidal, and it comes in drops, so you could get a few drops, put in three or four drops into a glass of water and drink that every couple of hours. It's very, very bitter. Um, so between the two of those, that should hopefully help. Another one that's great if you get diarrhea from a stomach bug is um, uh, it's a actually it's a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii, but it's a fantastic one for any stomach bug. And OptiBac are a company; they do one called for travellers, and it is basically that Saccharomyces boulardii, and it's for the traveller's tummy. So if you get a bit of diarrhea with your stomach bug, that's a good probiotic. It's called OptiBac for travellers. Are in a different health shop, they might have one called Saccharomyces boulardii. Okay. Um, And I don't know whether this is an old wives' tale or not, but whenever I get a a bug, I had one recently, a stomach bug like that, I find one of the best ways to get over it quickly is to starve it. I just, if I've got sick like that, I wouldn't eat then for the rest of the day, try and, you know, keep fluids into me. Uh, But just don't eat. And I don't know, is that an old wives' tale? No, absolutely not, because if there's no food in your digestive system, I suppose there's nothing to expel. Now, you still might get the cramps, yeah. um, and it's very important that you stay hydrated. But absolutely, if you don't have food, like what happens with the bacteria is that uh, when they're in your gut, is that the food obviously, is like your body is is 
trying to eject and expel the bacteria. So that's why you get vomiting and diarrhea. Your body's trying to physically and manually remove it from the body. But if there's no food in your stomach, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. But keep hydrated. Yeah, that is important. That's a big part. Okay, that's where we leave it. Listen, thank you for all of your uh, great work during the year. I was saying it earlier, it's it's one of the most popular slots that we do on the programme and you're always a mine of information. I don't think we've ever had anything where you've gone, no, I can't answer that. You're you're always fantastic. So we we appreciate all the time that you put into it as well. And a happy Christmas to all your listeners. And I'd like to say thank you as well to all your listeners who've become good customers of the shop and a happy new year to you. Great. Have a great break and we'll talk to you in the new year. God bless. Take care. Bye bye. That is Annalise Dressel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic. 1850-333-103. Lines open. Here's another Christmas hit on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and making your celebrations special.
Pat Selton, John on C103 and that is Step Into Christmas. That's where I leave you for today. Thanks to Bernie Murphy. Hope with Juice we're back with you tomorrow for the last one of the year. Christmas Eve edition and as always the wonderful Alice Taylor uh, will join us. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. Nick is up next. Until then I'm Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.